Welcome back to Lost Eyes Channel. My name is Anton Vjeldsen. I'm an attorney in the Southern District of California here in San Diego. Today you're watching the fourth and final part of my mini-series dealing with GPS searches initiated at the border and continuous surveillance within the United States. In the last three parts, I introduced the topic and I gave you some cases that will be relevant to us today. And then in this video, we're finally focusing on the Central District case, United States versus Inyatov, which deals with the GPS tracking installed at the border. In March 2017, officers seized roughly 193.7 kilograms of cocaine in Los Angeles area. They began to investigate the organization and they believed that the drugs were coming from Canada. Now, in the next two months, in April and May 2017, officers used informants and they found out that the organization will do a number of dry runs, meaning come with trucks and trailers from Canada, but without any drugs. Then later, in October 20th, 2017, Inyatov and Hustovsky entered United States through Canada, through a port of entry. They were driving a similar truck with a trailer, the same one or similar one to the one used back in March when the seizure occurred. Officers inspected the truck and trailer and found nothing inside. Without a warrant, the officers, HSI and CBP, installed two GPS tracking devices, one on the truck and one on the trailer. Again, the installation was done without a warrant. Now, these particular devices recorded the speed and exact location of the GPS device every 15 minutes. And then officers could later also log in to an application on their computer and find historical data on all the locations that the GPS device went to. The officers then tracked Mr. Inyatov for the next eight days. Now, on October 22, 2017, officers tracked and later observed in person the truck near San Bernardino, California. They did that around 4.45 p.m. They then saw the truck meet other individuals and there was an exchange of a duffel bag. The following day, on October 23, 2017, the officers observed Inyatov go to the same restaurant that the seizure back in March occurred. The officers stopped the vehicle. Inyatov, as well as Kristovsky, consented to a search. So this is a quick reminder, never consent to searches. In this situation, the two consented to the search and the officers seized 15 four-pound bags of substance. But instead of cocaine, that substance turned out to be sugar. Now, officers did not arrest Mr. Nyatov at that time. Instead, they let them go. They arrested Mr. Nyatov on October 28, 2017, as he attempted to leave the United States to Canada. He was charged with conspiracy to import cocaine 
and then he challenged the searches and he said that the installation of the GPS device, the two devices, as well as the continuous search and tracking within the United States was in violation of the Fourth Amendment. Before we go on and talk about the case and discuss whether that search and seizure were appropriate under the Fourth Amendment and constitutional, I want to thank you for watching me on YouTube and subscribing, hitting that bell notification button so next time I post you're first to know. If you're listening to the podcast version of this recording, please give my podcast a five-star review rating. And finally, if you'd like to support this channel, consider going to lostash.com and purchasing some of the merchandise, including these Do Not Arrest This Person t-shirts. Thanks for watching. Quick message from Lostash. Are you charged with a crime? Or do you want to know your rights if stopped by police? Watch California attorney Anton Vjeltsin discuss legal cases from the Supreme Court, Ninth Circuit, and California State Courts on the Lostash YouTube page. Anton has handled hundreds of federal and state criminal cases, has an in-depth knowledge of the law, and has the best mustache ever. Subscribe to the Lostash YouTube page. That's L-A-W-S-T-A-C-H-E. We're still discussing United States versus Inyatov, a central district case dealing with GPS searches. In the introduction, I gave you the facts of the case, and now let's focus on the law. As you remember, the Fourth Amendment protects against unreasonable searches and seizures, and generally speaking, officers need to have a warrant before they conduct a search. Also, searches and seizures conducted outside of the judicial process are per se unreasonable, meaning if officers conduct a search without a warrant, that is per se unreasonable. And if that occurs, the exclusionary rule applies, meaning that all the evidence seized as a result of an illegal search or seizure will be suppressed in the criminal trial against the defendant, meaning cannot be used against him in trial. Now, we know from United States versus Jones, a case that I've previously discussed on this channel, and I will link the video in the description below, that is the case where the Supreme Court held that the installation of a GPS tracking device on a vehicle constitutes a search under the Fourth Amendment and requires a warrant. Now, that particular case, the Supreme Court used the property-based approach, that is the one that the courts have used historically before reasonable expectation of privacy test was developed in the case CATS. And that means that if officers trespass on the property interest of an individual, for example, the owner of the vehicle, they need to have a warrant before they trespass on that property. And the GPS tracking device is a trespass on the property. Now, in that case, something to remember. Jones is a case where the GPS device was installed within the United States. And so the Fourth Amendment, the full force of it, applied. The government argues in this case that we're at the border. And the border exception should apply, which says that officers can generally search individuals at the border without reasonable suspicion, probable cause, or a warrant. So let's take a look at the border search exception and see if it applies and how the court uses it in this situation. 
just a quick recap on the border search exception. Remember, most routine searches at the border do not require reasonable suspicion, probable cause, or a warrant, but certain non-routine searches at the border require reasonable suspicion. When it comes to vehicles, the Ninth Circuit created a two-factor test. Number one, whether the search of the vehicle made it inoperable or unsafe. And the second factor is whether the search was conducted in a particularly offensive manner. Now let's talk about some of these vehicular searches at the border. In Flores, Montano, the Supreme Court held the driver had no expectation of privacy in the contents of the vehicle's gas tank and then noted the disassembly and reassembly of the fuel tank did not result in a serious damage or destruction of the property. The court concluded that disassembling and reassembling of a vehicle's gas tank was not an intrusive enough search as to require reasonable suspicion to believe the tank contained contraband. Relying on Flores Montano, the Ninth Circuit held the suspicionless slashing of the vehicle's spare tire during a search at the border was not so destructive as to be unreasonable. The court explained the cutting of the tire was not damaging the tire, did not affect or undermine the vehicle's operation or safety, or the safety and security of the vehicle's occupants. Soon thereafter, in United States versus Chandri, the Ninth Circuit considered the suspicionless drilling of a 516th inch hole in the bed of a pickup truck at the border. The court found the hole drilled did not cause significant damage or destruction of the vehicle, nor did it undermine or threaten the safety of the vehicle's riders. The Ninth Circuit also determined the drilling was not carried out in an offensive manner. Accordingly, the search did not require reasonable suspicion. Similarly, the Ninth Circuit has also upheld a suspicionless prying open of the vehicle's interior door, despite the resultant damage to the panel. The court in Cortez Rivera and also United States versus Hernandez, the Ninth Circuit cases, authorized the suspicionless gentle removal of the vehicle's interior door panel. Conversely, the Ninth Circuit required a reasonable suspicion for using a spike strip to deflate a vehicle's tires, finding the damage factor alone decisive because the appellant's vehicle was rendered inoperable. This is in the case of Guzman versus Padilla. At first blush, you might think that the installation of the GPS tracking device on the vehicle at the border did not affect its operability or safety and thus the officers did not need to have reasonable suspicion. But if you note, all the cases that the court cited involved situation and searches that were initiated at the border and concluded at the border. The court then goes on and discusses that the situation here is more similar to Cotterman. That is the case where the officers seized a laptop and manually searched it at the border. The court in that case said that that was appropriate and did not violate the Fourth Amendment. But once the information was sent to a forensic lab 100 miles away, the exhaustive search conducted by the lab did in fact require reasonable suspicion and otherwise violated the Fourth Amendment.
So in this situation, let's talk about the GPS tracking installation at the border and the tracking that occurs subsequent. Here's what the court says. Once the entity at issue is beyond the border, the concerns animating the border search doctrine, namely the integrity of the border, diminish and the robust Fourth Amendment requirements adhere. The placement of a GPS device at the border necessarily implicates a search away from the border once the target has gained entry into the country. As Justice Alito noted in his concurring opinion in Jones, the court defined the search as encompassing both the installation and use of the GPS, rather than separating the procedures. Thereafter, this court is hesitant to mechanically apply the border search doctrine where the search stretches far beyond the conduct at the border to create a precise comprehensive record of a person's public movements. Ultimately, the court concludes that the installation of the GPS tracking device on a vehicle at the border and the subsequent tracking within the United States over a prolonged period of time cannot be justified under the border search exception. And the Fourth Amendment does in fact apply and officers needed to have a warrant and reasonable suspicion before they installed that device. This Central District case, United States versus Inyatov, was a case of first impression in the Ninth Circuit. And since then, I haven't seen another one. In recent months, I had a case myself here in the Southern District of California where the vehicle came from Mexico into the United States and the officers installed the GPS tracking device. I was able to convince the U.S. Attorney's Office to dismiss my case which they did, and I think that was the right decision. But I'm interested if any of you know other cases in other districts that involve GPS tracking devices being installed at the border where the officers try to justify the search under the border search exception. If you enjoyed this mini-series, if you learned a little bit more about GPS tracking, particularly once that occur at the border and then within the United States. I hope you click like, you subscribe to my channel, hit that bell notification button so next time I post you're first to know. If you're listening to the podcast version of this recording on Spotify or Audible, please give my podcast a five-star review rating. And finally, if you'd like to support my channel, please consider going to lostash.com and checking out some of the merch including these Do Not Arrest This Person t-shirts. Thanks for watching.